As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London, may I welcome you very warmly to these online services during this season of Advent, the time when we prepare ourselves once more to celebrate the coming of Christ into our world at Christmas. Do please send us a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you, and if you'd like to make a donation to help support these online services, you'll find information about how to do so in the accompanying text. Now may the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, the desert shall rejoice and blossom. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the third Sunday of Advent. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin by lighting the third of our Advent candles. Let us pray. 
we light these Advent candles to remind us of those who prepared for the coming of Christ. The patriarchs, the prophets, John the Baptist, and the Virgin Mary. As we remember them, Lord God, help us to prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and to open our hearts to receive him. God, our Father, you called John the Baptist to prepare your people for the coming of the Lord. Help us who have been baptised into Christ to grow strong in faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask this through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Blessed be God forever. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. When the Lord comes, he will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness, and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Therefore, in the light of Christ, let us confess our sins. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen.
Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, who at your first coming sent your messenger to prepare your way before you, grant that the ministers and stewards of your mysteries may likewise so prepare and make ready your way by turning the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, that at your second coming to judge the world, we may be found an acceptable people in your sight, for you are alive and reign with the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall there be, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not pass over it, and fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter of James. Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient over it until it receives the early and the late rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble, brethren, against one another, that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you he who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is he who takes no offence at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to behold? A reed shaken by the wind? Why then did you go out? 
to see a man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, those who wear soft raiment are in king's houses. Why then did you go out? To see a prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there have risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. As someone who grew up in South Wales, for much of my life I have regarded rainfall as a common and frequent occurrence, sometimes inconvenient, but not particularly noteworthy. I've now lived in the rather drier southeast for some years, and increased awareness of climate change has recalibrated my perceptions. Even in this corner of God's earth, we know nothing of the aridity of the Judean desert, though. As a result, we easily overlook the significance and indeed the beauty of some of the language that we have heard from Isaiah just now. I'd like to share with you a passage that I think might help us. In his book about desert and mountain spirituality, the theologian Belden Lane shares the story of French pilots who, whilst on an expedition in North Africa, seek to impress the Bedouin with their planes. They are unmoved, and later, as their relationships develop and some of the Bedouin are taken to Paris, there's a similar underwhelming response to the Eiffel Tower and to the architectural wonders of the city. When they later come across a waterfall in the French Alps, the response is markedly different. The Bedouin are struck silent. It is as if they gaze at the unfolding of a ceremonial mystery, he says, that which came roaring out of the belly of the mountain was life itself. The flow of a single second would have resuscitated whole caravans that, mad with thirst, pressed on into the eternity of salt lakes and mirages. Here God was manifesting himself. It would not do to turn one's back on him. They refused to leave adamant that honour requires their waiting for the end, they say. They waited for the moment when God would grow weary of his madness, when this wild extravagance would suddenly and finally exhaust itself. Resolutely, they stood their ground. But you see, the guide explains, 
realizing that his words are unintelligible. This water has been running here for thousands of years. It is with those Bedouin's eyes that we may more fully appreciate the restoration of Lebanon, Carmel and Sharon that Isaiah speaks of in our passage this morning. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. The desert mothers and fathers, whose example inspired the development of the religious life, recognised the ways in which inhospitable landscapes can be schools of love and desire. They're places that teach attentiveness. The absence of multiple sources of stimulus bombarding us from every direction feels at first a deprivation, but eventually leads us to grasp the beauty and mystery of ordinary things. Perhaps we've all experienced something of this, suddenly finding wonder in something previously and routinely overlooked. A spider's web, a leaf, like dancing on a puddle surface. The desert is a school not only in how to focus attention, but also on what is worthy of attention. Lane writes of a terrifying yet joyous freedom found in the desert's indifference to life and death and of undisciplined longings that over time may be refined and focused towards love of God. The Cloud of Unknowing the 14th century mystical text written originally in Middle English says that the high road and the nearest way to heaven is measured not by yards, but by desires. Isaiah had used a similar metaphor of prophetic assurance, referring to a highway in the desert. A highway shall be there and it shall be called the holy way, by which the ransomed of the Lord shall return from exile. Again, we can easily miss the beauty of this vision, we for whom motorways and flyovers are a physical reality. Having had some experience of the great pilgrimage routes to Santiago de Compostela, to Rome, to Canterbury. The imagery here has a particular resonance for me. There's been a proliferation of new and rediscovered pilgrimage routes in recent years, 
that can commonly be seen to avoid large roads and developments. City suburbs don't make the most attractive routes. Successful pilgrimage routes are generally more scenic, although of course there has to be enough development to afford access to the facilities that make pilgrimage more comfortable and enjoyable. A place to stop for morning coffee, somewhere to fill up the water bottle and to buy lunch. The pilgrims of years past would have had more fundamental concerns though. They would have worried about dangers and the few options that they would have had should things go wrong. Wandering beyond familiar territory was an altogether riskier endeavour than it is today. Generally then, the more developed a route, the better. Isaiah's metaphorical vision is of a route that the unclean shall not travel. It shall be for God's people. No traveller, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Sandra and I had an alarming experience one day walking to Assisi when we were forced to skirt around a house with fierce guard dogs that barked and hovered, snapping continuously inches from us as we made our way around a fence that looked horribly flimsy in the circumstances. Spotting wildlife is generally a joy rather than a potential threat, though. Sandra likes to walk with a pilgrim staff, but that's because she finds it helpful on uneven surfaces, not to defend herself from animals or sturdy beggars. Today, pilgrim routes are safe. And of course, for many, they're just long-distance paths, their finish lines largely irrelevant. But contemplating those whose footsteps we walk in gives us a different perspective. I've certainly found pilgrimage to be spiritually rewarding. In our Gospel reading, Jesus asked those who ventured into the wilderness, What did you go to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? No. What then did you go to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. Now, the reed was a symbol of Herod, as he had deployed it on the coinage that was used during his puppet rule. He and others who conspired with Roman rule had their homes along the Jordan River. Jesus's comments highlight that those who seek John do not align themselves with the power brokers of the age, but rather with him who the prophet Malachi foretold would herald the dawning of a new age. See, 
I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. That messenger is John the Baptist, of course, and he is certainly far more than a tour guide who books your accommodation ahead and transports your bags. The way he points to is no physical highway, but rather Christ Jesus himself, the way, the truth and the life. In him none, however foolish, shall go astray, for in him we are all redeemed. It might take some work for us to appreciate the prophetic visions of scripture because of where and when we live, but we can grasp the enormity of the promises of God if we allow our hearts to be open. As we await the celebration of Christ's nativity and his coming again, we find assurance in the prophetic words of Isaiah. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. If we are fearful of heart, the scripture advises us, be strong, do not fear. Isaiah foretells the restoration, not only of nature, but of humanity. And when John sent word by his disciples to Jesus, asking the question, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? His reply echoed those of Isaiah. Go and tell John what you hear and see, he replied. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offence at me. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, 
who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, as we near the year's end and look back at our accomplishments and disappointments, help us in this moment of prayer to put aside every anxious thought in our minds and to pause, be still, and to listen for your gentle voice. Everlasting God, as we continue our preparations for Christmas, help us to find time in our busy lives to take moments in which we reflect on and appreciate your love for us. Help us to remember that, to the best of our knowledge, we are all children of God, irrespective of our different cultures and beliefs. We pray for all people of faith and for the many millions of the Jewish faith who are preparing to celebrate Hanukkah. Bless our global Christian family as we revisit the story of Jesus' birth throughout our Advent worship. May we take every opportunity this season to exercise goodwill, to pass on joy, to judge a little less, to be a little more forgiving and kind to our friends, families and colleagues. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, we thank you for our St Bride's family. It's an especially busy time for churches, and so we ask that you especially bless Alison, Jeff and Stephen as they lead numerous services. Be with our vergers, Robin and Nadira, as they prepare the church to welcome and greet countless visitors. Bless our admin team, our guild and PCC, and the Sunday Church Club. We thank you for our proximity to most excellent Christmas music and for our extraordinary musicians who bring it to life. May everyone who visits St Bride's this Advent season, whether online or in person, feel warmly welcomed and be inspired to worship with gratitude and joy among us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, Winter has most definitely arrived in London. Over the next few weeks, especially as we're inundated by feverish commercialisation, help us to be generous with what we have when so many are struggling to make ends meet. Inspire us to be mindful about where we can be a little less lavish in our Christmas celebrations in order to accommodate those who might be in need. We pray for those across Ukraine who are living without power in sub-zero temperatures. Give them resolve and keep their hope for peace alive. We pray for families and communities in our own boroughs and cities who will need to choose this winter between eating a meal or staying warm. And we pray for those who will simply go cold and hungry. 
be with all for whom Christmas lights are traumatic triggers, painful reminders of the family and friends they do not have, or from whom they are estranged. May we reach out in useful ways with our time, our listening, and with charitable donations, in whatever way we can. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, we bring before you the sick and the suffering. We pray for families affected by the outbreak of Strep A across England, and for myriad NHS staff who again face a long winter of flu and COVID and are under-resourced, understaffed and underpaid. We pray for health and wholeness in body, mind and spirit, for ourselves, for our families and for all who we love. Be with those who have lost loved ones this past week. May they be comforted knowing that they are at peace. And dear Lord, we pray for all who remember the anniversaries of the deaths of their loved ones. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, dear God, we bring to you the secrets on our hearts and anyone who has no one to pray for them. Merciful Father, Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? In the tender mercy of our God, the day spring from on high shall break upon us to give light to those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because you sent him to redeem us from sin and death, and to make us inheritors of everlasting life that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may with joy behold his appearing, and in confidence may stand before him. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Let us pray. 
We give you thanks, O Lord, for these heavenly gifts. Kindle in us the fire of your Spirit, that when your Christ comes again, we may shine as lights before his face, who is alive and reigns now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. the Son of Righteousness, shine upon you, scatter the darkness from before your path, and make you ready to meet him when he comes in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.